What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Zach, what's good? We're going into week nine. I was just texting you this morning, dude. It's already week nine. Yeah, we're, we're past the halfway about. point of the of the. Uh, are we past the halfway point of the we're NFL? Well, past season the halfway point for the regular season, um, for and fantasy then, football then, at least. And, um, and that's all that matters. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest here, right? Like once, yeah. the fan, once the fantasy football season is over, it's like, what do you got to look forward to with the playoffs? Like the mm-hmm. actual NFL playoffs? Like who, who cares? <laughs> no, but listen, man, I I'm a sucker for NFL playoffs, man. Like yeah. I, I I enjoy those games so much. Like I I will like literally, you know, base my days around, you know, and th- those weekends around those games, and I and I. Those are the only games that I like to watch. Like I sit down and like to watch one game. You know, yeah. with Red Zone now, right? It's really hard. It's definitely affected my attention span. Yeah. Right. We're and I do spoiled. watch a lot. I do watch <laughs> a lot of these games after the fact. But you know, you know, things like you know, uh, Game Pass helps with that because there's no commercials and you can get through a game in thirty to forty minutes. Yeah. So it's not too bad. Um, so you don't have to like worry about like commercials and breaks between plays and stuff like that. But you know, Red Zone. Definitely a fight of the way I watch football for sure. Yeah, I think it's for the best. I love red zone. You know, I'd be really upset if it wasn't a thing. <laughs> I know, dude. We're, we're a little bit spoiled. That's all. But that's okay. You know, that's okay. Red that's zone okay. was built. It was built specifically for the purpose of fantasy football. It's 100%. literally exactly what you want to see. Unless it's Jonathan Taylor. I'm cutting the Jonathan Taylor five times for five touchdowns last season, and not so much. But <laughs> I was playing against him that week. But you know, it's fine. It's, it's it fine. seems like a distant memory when Jonathan Taylor was scoring, right? Yeah, yeah. that many touchdowns. I don't yeah, want to hear I, I, those scars are deep. You know, it's gonna take a little <laughs> while for me to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. All right, let's get into some news. Um, Keenan Allen said that his hamstring got worse during the oh, bye. Awesome. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> that is terrible news if you have Keenan Allen, and I would not expect him to play this week. And it's possible he misses more time after that. It's already week nine, Keenan. You haven't played. You played week one. That was basically mm-hmm. it. You played before the bye. We thought that you coming back before the bye was a good sign. Apparently not. So I wouldn't hold out hope on Keenan Allen for this season. Don't drop him, okay? Mm-hmm. He, he said he will not take the field until he's 100% this time. Who knows when that will be? Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it sucks right now, you know. Now, Josh Palmer becomes a very solid, solid play without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. He's basically their wide receiver one at this yeah. point. You know, I guess Austin Eckler's their wide receiver one, but you know, Gerald <laughs> Everett is next up, right? Like, I don't need to talk about Austin Eckler that much. He's obviously getting his. But DeAndre Carter, you know, I think he's a flex play, right? He has some big play upside. He's going to be on the field a lot without these two guys in the field. He had a 93% route participation in week seven and a 13% target share. So if you're struggling, he's an option. Those numbers can go up. Um, and, you know, He's going up against Atlanta this week, and that's part of the reason why you know Justin Herbert is still a, a viable option even without his weapons because they're going up against a very bad defense. Yeah, I, right. I, I think that you know with Josh Palmer and, and you know even DeAndre Carter, they're not going to be able to step in. I'm not expecting them to step in and just be like you know awesome starts. Even though Josh Palmer seems like he's going to be the de facto wide receiver one, Austin Eckler is still there, and for some reason Justin Herbert just does not look like Justin Herbert this year. So. This isn't a slam dunk play, even though if this was Justin Herbert looking like Justin Herbert, it would be. Um, it isn't really a slam dunk play for me. I'm, I'm thinking 
that unless they score touchdowns, it's going to be, you know, relatively quiet day. I think they're going to run the offense through Austin Eckler. And they've been succeeding doing that. You know, Austin Eckler has been doing his thing and he's been able to produce. So uh, I'm not a humongous fan of these guys. Like I said, they're going to be solid, like you said, but I, I don't think that they have the upside that they would present if Justin Herbert looked like he was, you know, playing well. Yeah, and he's not throwing the ball down the field a ton, and I don't no. know if that's going to happen in this game without those guys. Right. Jonathan Taylor didn't practice this week with a, that re-aggravated ankle injury. Well, not this week. He didn't practice on Wednesdays. It's Thursday today, just in case you're listening to this later on. So there's yeah. a chance he plays, okay? I, I just make sure that Deion Jackson isn't just sitting over there on your waiver wire. Whether you have Taylor or not, just remember what he did last time around. Obviously, the receiving game was a big part of it. We don't know if he'll get peppered like he would without Matt Matt Ryan. But if Jonathan Taylor is out, Deion Jackson will likely be the bell cow for the Colts. And that means that he'll likely put up some fantasy points. All right. Yeah. I think that's actually a pretty good play. I'm not sure if it's going to be the same exact kind of, you know, game script where Deion Jackson's catching 10 of 10 targets. You know, that was Matt Ryan playing quarterback then. And Sam Ellinger seems like he's a little bit more dynamic. And, you know, as a, He's technically a rookie, you know, in terms of games started. Um, his experience, you know, those inexperienced guys tend to try to do a little too much, push the ball downfield, um, try to stay away from the check down because that's pretty boring at this point. And it seems like they have nothing to lose. So I don't think Deion Jackson's going to be catching 10 balls, but I think that the receiving work, you know, could kind of end up falling his way with, um, you know, Naeem Hines now out of the picture as well. He's a good pickup, man, because, listen, if John, if this injury lingers for Jonathan Taylor – and Which it ends up ag- aggravating again or whatever. The Colts not having, not being in the picture. Like, there might be a chance to shut Jonathan Taylor down. Like, mm-hmm. there is that possibility. Okay. And I, I would put that percentage on that to at like 10%. I don't think it's that high that they shut him down this year at some point. But for that off chance that it happens, Deion Jackson, you know, is going to be like a top 20 running back you know, for the rest of the season, whenever that does happen, yeah. if, if that ever happens. Okay. So just wanted to put that out there as a possibility, because why would you, you know, put a, you know, Jonathan Taylor out there with one, with one leg, with one ankle, you yeah. know, on the field when you're not really winning games, you know, what's mm-hmm. the point? Um, they, they might not go that right, go that route. They might not want to do that, but just put it out there. as something to think about. Okay. Yeah. I think they'd have to lose a few more games before I really consider that as a possibility. I don't think that's happening right now. Um, it's not they'd happening have to, right now. I, they it's really still have week to, nine. Yeah. They'd have to really go down the toilet for that to happen. You know, because at that point, you know, it's like, why add the extra wear and tear? And in a deep quarterback class, you know, if they could get anywhere within like the top 15, they might be able to snag somebody. They're in need uh, of help at quarterback. So maybe they think long, long-term play the long game. You know, I guess they could do that later on. But I wouldn't expect that anytime before the fantasy playoffs. I, I think that, then what, fantasy playoffs start, what, week 14? 15 for most people. Is that what it is? I mean, they're only, they're only two games behind Tennessee right now, right? Yeah, that's what I and, mean. So, like, they'd have to be and, out and of the a, picture. And there's a good chance that Tennessee loses <laughs> this week against the Chiefs. Yeah. So, you know, they're not out of it or, anything, or by any means. But this is more of a thought later on in the season. You know, weeks 14, something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, around that around that time. That's okay. a good point. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Cooper Cup didn't practice on Wednesday because of a sprained ankle. He's expected to play. But it's not guaranteed. Just keep monitoring that as we go through the week. Um, DeAndre Swift didn't practice on Wednesday after Dan Campbell said he wasn't completely ready last week. And he obviously is not ready, completely ready at this point, if he's still missing practice. But that's a Wednesday. 
Hopefully he gets a full practice in at some point this week. But him missing practice on Wednesday, it just kind of like adds more gloom to the situation. Like you would have hoped yeah. that he at least gets eliminated on Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, which, you know, as we talked about yesterday, I think that's opening the buy window a little bit more. But that's just that's a conversation for yesterday's episode. You can tune into that one and hear what we had to say about DeAndre Swift there. But, you know, with him missing practice, yeah, it's a little bit, you know, discouraging. I think that he's going to practice at some point this week. I think as long as he practices, he's going to play. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I wish he would get a full practice. And that tells you, I mean, any type of practice in, you know, yesterday would have been nice. But the fact that he might not get a full practice in up until, you know, game day, and he might not even, you know, be on a safe uh, snap count there for fantasy relevance, it, it's a little discouraging. But that's why I'm saying if, you know, we see another one of these weeks where he produces right in the middle of the pack and, you know, it's not exactly up to standard, his work is still cut a little bit, I think that would be, that would really do wonders for his value in trades if you're trying to buy him. I think that would um, bring his price down to a point where you could get him super cheap, even cheaper than you can get him right now. And right now, he's very viable. Are you playing Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at the practice reports this week and see if it looks like DeAndre Swift is going to be on snap count again. Usually, um, let's say he gets a full practice in on Friday. Let's say he gets a limited in today. Mm-hmm. Gets a full on Friday. I say that I'm starting Swift, and I know you have. I know you have that ranked differently. I don't know if you have that scenario. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the running backs obviously here later yeah. in this episode, but um, I know you have it differently. So I don't know if that's a scenario you're anticipating. What What are you anticipating for this week? I mean, I know it's hard to project injuries. I'm anticipating but... something very similar to what we saw last week in terms of workload. Right. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm not expecting a... He can do a lot with his touches, right? It's DeAndre Swift, right? He can get 10 touches and get you 130 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's that type of guy. Uh, I'm playing Jamal Williams, though. Yeah. Just okay. because I feel like it's a good matchup on the ground. He can get some volume, and he's the goal line guy. Mm. That's kind of how I feel this week. He has that floor. The rest of the season, you know, obviously I'd rather have Swift. But, you know, this much of the week, I might leave If you start him and he scores one touchdown, he's good for two. So, you know, I mean, that's the way it's been (laughs) this season. It's either either zero or two. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Alan Lazard, he practiced on Wednesday, which is a good sign that he might be able to play this week. Monitor his status throughout the week, but that's a good sign. Uh, Andy Reid said he's going to try and work Kadarius Tony in this week to get him to play in week nine. He's obviously tough to play this week, <laughs> but like I'll probably wait a week. Like, even though it's exciting that he's actually healthy and he's playing for the Chiefs, I'd probably wait a week just to see how much he's integrated, you know, this first week with the Chiefs. Yeah, I think it's fair. I would temper expectations. Obviously, you know, we know what he can be. We talk about his yards per route run statistic, you know, kind of blowing everybody out of the water besides Jamar Chase. Um, Was that his rookie year? Yeah, Yeah. just last year. So obviously he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. You know, he can get things done. And we've seen that playmaking ability even when he was on the Giants, which are a less than, you know, fantastic offense. With Patrick Mahomes, you know, you have to wonder where the ceiling is. The wide receiver room's a little crowded, but like we talked about, I think when he first got traded, you know, I think he could kind of, you know, move up head and shoulders above the rest of the receivers. Maybe Juju will retain, you know, a decent target share because he's been getting that the whole season. The production is just now starting to catch up these last two weeks. Um, that could continue to happen. It would be nice if they could get a one-two with Juju and um, Kadarius Tony. I think that would be something sustainable, especially with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And Kadarius Tony would be more of the big play threat, I think, over Juju. So if you can have a big play threat on the Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you know, obviously he's going to have a lot more value than he did. Um, on the Giants, where he was getting used little to none. 
I mean, he's being used behind Wondell Robinson. And that's not any shade at Wondell Robinson, but it's just they just picked him up in the second round of the draft, and they seem to trust him more on the field. Obviously, the injury uh, scandal, if you want to call it that, definitely <laughs> played a little bit into it. But um, I, I like Kadarius Tony. Maybe not this week, like you said, temper expectations, but long-term rest of the season, I think that he could have some nice value. Cordell Patterson is back in practice for the Falcons. He began his 21-day practice window, and the Falcons can activate him at any point during that time. Uh, you know, and we'll see when he'll be back. He said he's at 90% uh, himself. So we'll see, mm-hmm. you know, if they choose to activate the, him this week or the following week. My guess would be the following week, but we'll see. Yeah. When he's back, I'd say he's probably like an RB2 start right away, like on, mm-hmm. in his first game back. And like whenever they do activate him, I'm sure he'll be good to go. The way the Falcons run the ball and use running backs in general, you know, it's not only just running the ball that they're using running backs for obviously obviously Tyler Algier has been getting receiving work um I, I think that when he comes back I think RB2 is like his floor kind of and I, I'm not saying I'm like overly excited I'm not saying you're gonna be able to have him with RB1 upside every week but I think that you know what he's going to give you is gonna be very similar to what we saw at the beginning of the season um hopefully there's no second half die out like there was last season but um you know obviously the backfield has more capable runners um than it looked like we were gonna have heading into the season Obviously, obviously, Tyler Algier has panned out a little bit, you know, as a receiver and Caleb Huntley's doing his thing. But I'm not sure, you know, they'd have to have Huntley on the field a whole lot if Cordero Patterson can take the majority of the rushing snaps and then Tyler Algier can continue to do things in the passing game. Yeah, it would probably be those two, Patterson and Algier. That would be my guess. You know, we'll see what happens when Damian Williams is back. I have no idea where he falls in this pecking order, but he, he is on IR. So we'll see what happens with him. I think at this point with Damian Williams having missed so much time, I think he's just kind of an odd man out. You know, I, I think that I'm not sure if he's going to get a whole lot of work coming back, especially with the way the rest of these running backs are playing. And the offense is doing well. You know, there's really no need to, you know, fix it if it isn't broken. And obviously they're four and four, but I think they have the guys at, in the backfield. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to cut him, but I, I don't think they really have a necessity for another running back um, on the roster at this point. I mean, Caleb Huntley's doing it. So I think I think that we could see him kind of be a odd man out. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I mean, he was the RB one right. coming into the season, right? So like, I I don't know if that's the case. I think he's going to compete, and he might be able to. Uh, he might be the RB two. That's his. He might be the RB two on this team, behind Cordell Patterson. Yeah, it's very possible. Say. Like I could, I can see it happen. I can see it happen. I at the very least, maybe he's he's a better running back than Caleb Huntley. Yeah, you know these running backs that, have looked good because the Falcons' offensive line has been really, really good. Yeah, and you know they've been opening up crazy <laughs> holes. Yeah, seriously, and uh, yeah, and, the, and you mentioned that yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I I don't know. You know, it's like it's he he's one of those running backs where like I'm not really holding on any type of hope for fantasy purposes, but yeah. I can see him being a part of, of some sort of rotation at mm-hmm. some point. Just, just just to throw off, you know, Cordell Patterson, just so he can have, you know, <laughs> those two or three rough weeks where you wonder, okay, is this guy going to be a solid RB2 for me? Or is he a low-end RB2 with upside? Like, you know, I think that's what he's going to end up doing if he does anything. But like I said, if I had to bet, you know, I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to bet, you know, I think Tyler Algier has done enough that they're happy to have him at RB2 and that Damian Williams will kind of be floating underneath them on the depth chart. That's just me, though, from what I've seen. I am I am a gambling man. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some underdog, uh, you know, pick for tonight's game. And so let's get, get into the Thursday night football preview. The Texans are going to have no wide receivers left tonight yeah. against the Eagles. Uh, Brandon Cooks probably won't play. 
he's been frustrated through this trade process and he hasn't been practicing. So, and then you have Nico Collins who isn't playing either because of a groin injury. And their whole offense is going to be Damian Pierce. If they even have an offense at all tonight against an Eagles team, they, they should probably just wave the white flag to <laughs> and save everyone some time. I know that's tough to say, but, you know, this is us, not looking like a great matchup. But for, but for us, they're wearing their battle red helmets. Like, come on. Oh, <laughs> no They're wearing wonder. the battle reds. They can't wave a white flag now. You know, they got those no unis on. Yeah, that's what it is. No, 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 no. I think you're onto something here. And I think, you know, the Eagles are 13-point favorites in this game. Mm-hmm. Right. But our sponsor for this episode, Preciser, who is, you know, a data and algorithm based projection projection platform, they're expecting a trap game, according to their website. Really? They're expecting the Eagles to win, but they have a projected score for this game at 22 to 21. Eagles win. I don't know. Whatever algorithm, <laughs> whatever algorithm is producing that has some cojones, that algorithm, that computer, that AI, whatever it is got some cojones okay (laughs) we'll we'll see how it turns out tonight yeah uh but just some words about preciser as a thank you for sponsoring this episode uh like i said they're a data-driven analytics and algorithm uh platform uh they help you make game predictions to help you make better bets help you make better start sit decisions make better dfs lineups and i'll have the link in the description but you can check them out at preciser.io slash prediction Make sure you use the code UPPERHAND to get 30% off the first three months of their pro package. That ends up coming out to only $6.99 a month to get all their data. They have a free, their free package as well. They have a jersey giveaway that's up on my Instagram right now. Um, so you can go check that out. And yeah, so if you don't want to commit, you can check out the free package. But make sure you use the code UPPERHAND when you do sign up. Right. But going back to this game, Miles Sanders, right? Like... Like, I don't know who's right here, Vegas or Preciser, but at the end of the day, like, this is a really good matchup. However, the Eagles went up big against the Steelers last week, and they ended up using a committee towards the end of that game, and, you know, Miles Sanders had less than 10 carries, even though he was extremely efficient. And this is a great game on matchup on paper for Sanders, but does he end up doing his thing? I think with whatever carries he's going to get, he's going to do really well. We saw Derrick Henry just tear this defense apart last week. And I'm not saying that Miles Sanders is Derrick Henry. He's far from it. And it's not to, you know, throw shade at Miles Sanders. He's just a different running back. And the way that he's being used, um, I think his ceiling is a little bit capped just because of his usage. His talent is there. I think he's going to have a very good night. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over 20 fantasy points. I I think that, you know, if they're going to go up, which I assume that the Eagles are going to, um, they could end up using him to kind of salt the game away. I think that we're going to see a little bit more of Kenneth Gainwell, you know, maybe some Boston Scott mixed in towards the end of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Sanders' night is relatively done by the third quarter, unless this game's close, which I don't expect. But, um, yeah, I, I like Miles Sanders as a start this week. I know we have him ranked a little bit higher than he usually is, but this is just an ideal matchup. This Houston Texans defense, the rush defense, is pretty horrific. <laughs> It really is, man. It really is, and and you're right. You know, uh, you know, if he he all he needs is like you know 13 carries. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> he's going like to have a yards. touchdown. All right, let's put it that way. He's going to have a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I, I would say that, so. Is that an underdog prop? Can we get that? it is not. But you know what, man? Like, I'm kind of scared about that one. Like, I'm actually not touching Miles Sanders tonight. All right, his uh, his rushing yard, uh, you know. Oh, 
uh, higher lower is at like seventy eight yards or something like that, or something like that. And I'm 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 not touching it. I, I the ones go, I am, yeah, I wouldn't go with the yardage bet. That that right. That's mine. what I'm saying. Yeah, I wouldn't go with the yardage bet, but definitely a touchdown. I think a touchdown bet I'll go with. Yeah, yeah, and they don't have that unfortunately. So, yeah. however, Derek Stingley, right, who is the cornerback, the rookie cornerback for the for the Texans, like he's looked good this year. However. You know, he's given up some plays, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that he shadows A.J. Brown. There's a good chance he shadows A.J. Brown this game. He's allowed the most yards per route run against him in the NFL among qualifying quarterbacks. So yeah, I'm going to go with the over, with the higher on yards for A.J. Brown. At 74 and a half receiving, I'm going to go over that line. Yeah, I'm also going to go under on the yards for Devontae Smith at 55 and a half because the Texans outside of that have been pretty solid on the perimeter. And he, Devontae Smith has gone lower than that in three of his last four games. Okay. Yeah. I like Jake Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles to go over one and a half field goals tonight with the Eagles probably going up in this game. So I would expect them to like, you know, move the ball and be able to kick some field goals when they're up. Yeah. And then I have Davis Mills under 219.5 passing yards. Because who is he throwing the ball to? Yeah. I, I just <laughs> I just don't see it. I don't see a lot of production here. Okay. And then I have Damian Pierce over 16 rushing attempts because I kind of feel like they're going to close their eyes, not look at the scoreboard, and just keep feeding him the ball. <laughs> yeah. Even, even if they're down, I think Pierce is just going to get the ball. So uh, on the ground. Uh, and that's kind of where the Eagles' vulnerability is, like, you know, on the ground. And I would, you know, attack that if I was the Texans. So I think Damian Pierce gets over, uh, you know, higher higher than 16 rushing attempts. So, you know, if you put all five of these uh, into an entry, which is the max amount you can put in an entry on underdog, you're going to 20x your money. Okay. So if you put in 50 bucks, you're going to end up with $1,000 at the end of the end of the night. If all of these come right, you know, you can choose three, which will 6x your money. You can choose four, which will 10x your money, or you can choose all five. And that was 20 extra money here. All right. Make sure you use the code upper hand on underdog fantasy. That will double your deposit up to $100. So you get some free money to play with. Why not? All right. So enjoy tonight's game. If you can, it might not be great, but this will definitely help you enjoy it for sure, because you'll have some stuff to root for. All right. If they're trying to make prime video any more enticing, could they pick a better game? Right. (laughs) What What prime video needs to do is put underdog, all the underdog over-unders, higher lowers on the side, right? Yeah. And have just an underdog view. That'll be well, did you see that? They have like, um, is it Prime Vision or something as an alternate broadcast where they show mm-hmm. like real-time stats and stuff like that? They need to put Let's underdog go. stuff there. All the betting, you know, because that's all anyone cares about tonight. We know how the game's true, going to end. So I, I, that would be pretty funny. But um, yeah, if the Texans are going to do anything tonight, if they're going to make it anything close to a football game, it's going to be through Damian Pierce. So 100%. I, I'm not exactly. overly excited about it because this Eagles defense not is either. good. I'm not sure Damian <laughs> Pierce, you know, he's very good, but I don't think he can be a one-man show on an offense that has Davis Mills, you know, and no receivers. They know what they're going to be doing the whole game. Uh, it's going to be a, a tough night for Damian P- Pierce. He'll be sore tomorrow for sure. <laughs> and the good thing about uh, – he will be sore tomorrow. And the good thing about Damian Pierce is that last week he got the two-minute offense. You know, he's kind of turning into an every-down back here. So if that if that's the case, hopefully he gets peppered in the passing game when they do go down. Yeah. If they do go down. 